Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Cleveland Schwill. I'm your host, Brian Jason, back again with a vengeance. We've got Dave Hamilton as my co-host. Dave, how you been? It's been a little while. I'm good. I'm living. I'm living the dream, and I'm glad to be back, man. I miss, I feel like I miss so much. Every time, every time I'm not around, I feel like the guests are just awesome. Well, the guests that have been listening know so much more than you now. It's insane. It's just. Well, yeah. So. Yeah. Their brains no doubt are about it. I'm, I'm full playing catch up and I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad because I'm going to tell you what, even on the last two weeks have been filled with amazing amounts of information. I think we're going to, we're going to blow the lid off of this one because today I've got Scott O'Conn from uh, tours of Cleveland and he does all the tours around Cleveland downtown. He knows way more than anything I've ever <laughs> learned about Cleveland in the last 44 years. I think I'm going to learn a lot, you know? Uh, so Scott, how's it going? Thanks for coming out Cleveland Schwill. Uh, great. Things are going really well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I am excited to talk to you because uh, anytime I get to learn anything about Cleveland or what's going on in Cleveland, I get excited. And that kind of brings me to my first question. How did you end up in Cleveland? Were you born here? Did you move here? What brought you here? So, yeah, it is kind of ironic because I do walking tours of downtown Cleveland and I'm not from here. Um, (laughs) So I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, uh, and my husband and I moved here um, from Fairfax outside of Washington, D.C., uh, almost six years ago, uh, this month will actually be six years that we've lived here. And uh, we actually came for his job. Um, he is a, a pastor of West Park United Church of Christ uh, in Cam's Corner. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So he graduated seminary. He got his call and we moved here. And uh, when we came here, I didn't have a job. Um, we came for his job. And uh, my background's in human resources. And I went and started looking for a job. And it took a while. I got one. It's downtown uh, every day on my lunch break. I go for a walk, uh, explore the city. It was all new to me. Uh, walked into the arcade one day and was like, what is this? Um, yeah. I didn't really like that job. So I left and it was kind of like, okay, I can start the job search over or I can just do something totally different. Um, and I kind of reinvented my career and took a chance and started my own business uh, doing walking tours. So, Which yeah. is like... Yeah. And so when did you realize or what got you interested in history in general? Was this something you've always been interested in or did you kind of just when you walked into the arcade that day start studying some of the of Cleveland's history and you kind of fell in love with it? How did that process work? 
Sure. So, yeah, I mean, history is something that's always interested me for sure. Uh, and when we travel, um, you know, we like to do a walking tour because it's an easy way to explore. You have someone there to ask questions. Um, I mean, I'm not one just to read it on my phone and, you know, and, and that's fine. People like that, but that's just not me. I, I like the interaction. I like person to person. Yeah. That's yeah. how I am. Like I, that, with anything like even when i go to the grocery store i'm like the person to wait in line just to talk to somebody like ring out my groceries <laughs> sure. so yeah, that's what that's but if, if with a walking tour i definitely want a human being there you know yeah. so yeah yeah and uh yeah so i mean I was doing a lot of research as I was seeing all this stuff downtown, like, well, what is this, you know, and I, I kind of learned more about it. And then I just kind of took the step of, um, okay, why don't I start my own business? Um, you know, I'm used to talking in front of people and just in my background with human resources to have to get up and, you know, talk to the company about, you know, their benefits. That was my job. And yeah. so I was used to that and, um, it took a while. Uh, it, it took, uh, almost, uh, about six months to kind of get things going to do the research um, and to really kind of actually develop the tour, um, you know, and thinking about, well, what's our route? Where are we going to stand? What am I going to talk about? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what am I not going to talk about? Because there's so much stuff to talk about. I can't mm -hmm. do an eight hour tour. Well, well we kind of talk about this on, on, <laughs> on the show a lot when it comes to many art forms and the, lo the lost art of most of it is editing. Like, what are we going to take out? Because there's just too much good stuff, you know. And then right. you got to figure out what what do I what am I going to remove from this? So, yeah, you were going through the same process with your tour. It sounds like. Yeah, because I did all this research and I have a notebook. I'm a note taker, so I had all these notes and all these really cool stories. And it's like, okay, well, like you said, they're all really good, but I can't talk about all of them. So I've just got to pick and choose, mm -hmm. and, you know. And yes, there's a ton of buildings, but I can only talk about a certain amount. So yeah, yeah. And did you like talk to other people to try to develop what you thought would be most important? Like, hey, what buildings seem the most important to you, or did you kind of just use your gut to decide what you thought was going to be most important? For the most part, I think I just kind of used my gut, the things that kind of interested me, you know, that I thought were really cool here in Cleveland. Um, I had actually done some interviews with some folks at, at our church, um, some of the older folks in the church, and uh, kind of just talked to them a little bit about what they remembered as far as history, downtown, where they ate, where they shopped, things like that. Um, to kind of get some personal perspectives on it as well. Um, but for the most part, as far as the buildings, um, I kind of think they kind of sell themselves, you know, as far as like, okay, you got to talk about, you know, uh, the Soldiers and Sailors Monument, you got to talk about, yeah, yeah. you know, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I know. And there's like certain monuments and statues that everybody drives by every day. And, you know, there's some though, like the free stamp, I see it all the time. I know nothing about it. I don't know anything about the free stamp. I'm the, I'm I'm the same way. I, I just that, know it's there. I just know it's there. It's like, yeah, I know that. Hey, man, look at the free stamp. That's it. That's all I can say. <laughs> They're like, hey, and I know hey, some people make fun of it. There. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's all I got uh, when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, but so you, you develop this tour, you start the business. What? I mean, I'm sure that was extremely stressful and, and we didn't go over this yet, Scott, but I do know this. So you moved here six years ago and you're about to celebrate 
the fifth anniversary of your business, right? Yeah. I mean, you're yeah, coming actually, up on five years. Yeah, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So it, oh, it you already happened. had it. Yeah, it I just happened. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, five years exactly. Oh, congrats. No, thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's really exciting. Uh, and I'm sure you have no regrets now. Uh, you know, coming no. like starting it, doing it. It's got it. It has to have been a lot of fun. Is it? Has it gone? about what you thought it was going to be or has there been some <laughs> challenges where you totally unforeseen and you're like, Oh my God, I would have never seen this coming uh, until I started the business. Well, I'll, I'll say in the beginning um, I was kind of naive. I mean, I've never run my own business and there was this thought that, well, once the website is there, boom, that's all it's going to take. People are going to start the book. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just going to be like that. <laughs> and websites are come on, you know, and it didn't quite happen that way. Um, so, you know, it took a while. It took a lot longer than I expected. And then I think as far as the biggest challenge, of course, was COVID. Um, and talk about unforeseen, you know. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. But actually, um, that was not as bad as it could have been. Um, now, during the time that non-essential businesses were closed, of course, I was closed. And, and that sucked. Um, but... Um, after that, because most of the tour is outside, uh, yeah. we, you know, people felt comfortable and we we're still wearing masks at the time anyway outside. But um, I kind of reduced the number of people. I would have a, a smaller maximum number that I would take. Um, you know, I wasn't obviously doing group tours and corporate tours and anything like that. So it was small groups outside and people felt comfortable doing that versus, you know, going somewhere where they were inside, you know, and confined. Um, so that summer and even into the fall, um, that's where I developed the Tales of Terror tour that fall. And actually that year turned out to be better, a lot better than it could have been. Um, so it wasn't a bad year in the end for me. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. You know, just sitting here thinking about it, you know, and it's, th it's stuff like that where you have to get creative and it's interesting that you talk about how that's when you developed your, your tales of terror uh, tour, because like so many people we talked to, we all went through different things during COVID, you know, uh, whether we got sick or not, we, we might've known people who got sick, but man, were the creative juices flowing for people. I mean, it was just like, there was nothing else to do. We were just right. thinking about what am I going to start? What am I going to, I got to get moving. I've always put this off and now I know I got to start it. So, but it's interesting. You came up with that idea uh, and, and we're going to talk about that tour in a little bit. So um, yeah, that's a nice little introduction to that. Um, but speaking of, uh, of the tours, um, so the tours of Cleveland, they're walking tours and they're considered, you know, I mean, relatively easy to walk, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, we are strictly walking tours. Um, you know, I'll get a phone call about, oh, so you do a bus tour. I'm like, no, we're walking tours. That, that's yeah. What do. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's um, the downtown highlights, our main tour. That's like 1.1 miles. It is an easy walk. Downtown, for the most part, is pretty flat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, it's actually a pretty uh, simple walk. And people really of all ages uh, I've had on the tour and, and, you know, most people are fine. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, and they're year round. So you can yes. go in the summer, you're going to go in the winter. Yes. Um, you just got to dress appropriately. Yes. <laughs> <You know>? yes. <laughs> uh, actually, Scott, though, do you do them if it's raining? Yes, we do. 
Um, so I actually had two tours today and uh, it was off and on rain. Um, so for the most part, um, our tours are, uh, we just adjust. So like on our downtown highlights tour, that's actually a fairly easy one to do in the rain. Um, as long as the group isn't too big, if I have a, like, you know, a corporate group or something that that's different. Um, but, um, you know, we seek out, uh, sheltered spots. We just do the talks in those spots. So, uh, we kind of alter the route a bit, but we still cover the same information and we kind of look at it from, you know, a, a different vantage point, one that has a shelter. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Um, so we do. Yeah. I've only canceled like maybe a handful of tours in the five years uh, because of the weather. Um, and yeah. one, one of those was when it was just so extremely cold and the wind chill was like negative 30. Yeah. I was like, no, we're not doing a tour. <laughs> yeah. I remember that date. Uh, and I don't know if you're referring to, I think it was, was it in December maybe yes. this year? Yeah. It was like close to Christmas. Yes. Yes. It, man, you guys, I ended up going downtown. Okay. Went to Pioneer. Do you guys know Pioneer down there? Uh, it's not really downtown. It's like off West 25th by, by uh, the West Side Market. Okay. There was not a soul in there. We had the choice to sit wherever we wanted to. I go in there. I got my wings. We leave. They lock the door behind us. And then the entire, like, no, not a single other place was open. And I walked there from like, it was freezing. It was miserable, but it was a good, it was a good time in the end. I'm glad <laughs> Dave, you should see Dave's face right now. He thinks I'm crazy. He thinks I'm crazy. I, I'm old. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it was, you know, it, looking back on it now, it was funny. But like I was like trying, I, like my hands were going all numb, and I had the stuff pulled up over my face. You know, it was it was something. It was something. Um, but Scott, you also will do um, virtual tours now, right? How does that work? So yeah, so that is um, uh, it's virtual in the sense of it's still a live tour, but we bring the tour to you. So I had initially brought, uh, developed that for retirement homes, senior centers, um, okay. so for folks who can't really come out and walk. Uh, it's basically a PowerPoint uh, and I will go, I'll do the PowerPoint and I'll do the talk and about the pictures and the same, same talk I would do if we were actually doing the tour for the particular buildings. And then we have like trivia kind of thrown in between uh, each different spot that we visit. Uh, and actually I have two different versions of those, but um, I've done it mostly for retirement communities, but I have done it for some corporate events as well. Um, so yeah, so it's, that's my virtual tour. Yeah. Okay. No, that actually sounds like it, it might be pretty fun. You know, yeah, it, is, it is pretty good. Uh, the, I, I mean, I've had um, various senior centers that have, you know, enjoyed the first one and said, yes, please come back. And I do the second one as well. And everybody has a good time. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That sounds great. Um, well, let's, let's get into uh, the most popular tour and uh, that's the downtown highlights tour. Correct. And some of the on the notes that I made, some of the the main highlights of that tour, and you can tell me if there's other places. You, you'll see the old stone church, Soldiers and Sailors Monument, which everybody's probably pretty familiar with that lives in Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Public Library, and the Federal Reserve. Yes, yes. Okay. So we talked about all of those uh, on that tour. Okay, and as you go through, like. 
this particular tour, the downtown highlights tour, you don't go inside any of the buildings. None of those that you mentioned, but we do go inside the arcade and we go inside the Cleveland Trust, which is the Heinen's today. Um, those are the two inside stops on that tour. Um, but yeah, we, we talk about all of those. I, I kind of say the, the short version of that is public square to playhouse square and everything in between. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And as you go through, um, what would be something like, can you pull out maybe one small fact from each of those places that we might hear about on that tour? Like, uh, the Old Stone Church, for instance. Sure. Um, so the Old Stone Church has four stained glass windows that are done by Louis Comfort Tiffany. Wow. Okay. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, the Soldiers and Sailors Monument. Um, it's done by Levi Schofield, uh, who uh, actually did the Ohio State Reformatory, which, of course, if you've ever seen Shawshank Redemption, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Filmed, yeah. Filmed in Mansfield at the Reformatory. And that is Schofield's building as well. Which they also like my sister's always bugging me to go spend the night there. Yeah, you can do that. You, can, you can sleep in one of yeah. the cells, believe it or not. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dave, Dave, don't 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 act like you're not coming. You're coming, man. You're coming. Oh, I'm coming. Oh, I'm I'm going to be there. I'm just asking why. Why am I going to be there? <laughs> there? There is no heat or air condition, so just realize that there. Oh boy. No. Well, you know what? I'll be all right. I'll, I'll make it. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'm I'm not planning on doing much sleep, and I'm going to have my little recorder out, and I'll just okay. be. I don't know what I don't know what I'm going to catch on there besides somebody else snoring but we're gonna we'll figure it out um what about that what about the library what about cleveland public library so um let's see um so up in the uh special collections department which is on the third floor of the uh older building the one from 1925 um they have a collection of miniature books um and they do own one book that is the size of a pen head and it is said to be the smallest book in the world. And the story of Old King Cole is written inside. It was done by a computer in 1985. What? Oh, my gosh. It's there. Uh, I saw it today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. It's interesting that we can keep that. But I just saw an article from Cleveland Magazine that said Cleveland lost the largest book ever made. <laughs> and I did not know that. And uh, they can't find it. And it's the size. It was something from when we had, I don't know if it was a, oh, it wasn't a World's Fair, but there was a very large fair that came back here in the 80s uh, or the 30s, or I think it was in the 30s. Great Lakes Expo. Uh, the yeah. Great Lakes Expo. And it was what everyone used to sign in. And uh. so their signatures are in there, like where they came from. But it's the size of a queen size bed. And like very thick and large, and they lost it. So okay. I don't know. Yeah, what could have happened to it? But it was an interesting little article to read. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. The expo was amazing. Um, 1936, 1937. Uh, I think seven million visitors came to Cleveland those two years. Oh wow! Unfortunately, so I, who is reading the tiniest book? <laughs> no one. It's just there. It's, <laughs> it's in the display case. You can't touch it. So. You can't even check it out, Dave. Yeah, so no, don't try. Yeah. Don't try to check that out. They know you'd lose it. 
I just want to thumb through this thing. You know what I mean? I just want yes. to thumb through, see what's in there. It's yeah. a story of old King Cole, uh, you know. All right. Well, we'll find out, won't we? Yeah. We'll <laughs> um, okay. And then how about the Federal Reserve? Uh, there are a million things about the Federal Reserve. That's actually one of my favorite buildings um, uh, on, on any of the tours I do. I, I love talking about the Fed. Um, so I'll, I'll tell this story. So when the cities were vying for who would ultimately have a host a Federal Reserve Bank, because there's only 12 of them in the United States. Yeah. Um, Cleveland's biggest competition back then, we're talking uh, 19-teens and, and early 20s, was Pittsburgh. And so here in Cleveland, the folks, they went out to other cities and they uh, listened to their speeches and they kind of pulled the best of everybody's ideas together. Um, and they made a really solid case as to why Cleveland should have the Fed. They talked about the diversity of industry that was here. Uh, they talked about the number of banks that were here and they made a solid case. Pittsburgh, uh, on the other hand, you can sum up their... Um, uh, uh, presentation in two words. Cleveland sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the government was not impressed with that uh, at all. Uh, and they ultimately awarded us the Federal Reserve and not Pittsburgh. So, <laughs> yeah. Dude, this has been going on for over a hundred years. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, this is just absolutely, and we didn't even have like pro football teams back then yeah, i don't think yeah, yeah. just hatred so, that's all exactly <laughs> it's just pure hatred they're making steel we're making steel we hate each other <laughs> carnegie <laughs> carnegie lives in pittsburgh rockefeller lives in cleveland let, it, let let's go at it there you go um wow oh very interesting you know uh in construction when guys used to work in the in the federal reserve they used to uh you used to have to, when you walked out, you had to walk over this tape. Like it was almost like a duct tape on the ground when you walked out of the building, just in case any shavings of metal, precious metals had gotten on your shoes. Uh -huh. So, so it could uh, catch those before you walked out. That was a, <laughs> that was a little thing with the federal reserve there that yeah. I, I remember guys telling me about that. Um, now the downtown highlights tour though, Scott, there's an actual, there's there's a VIP edition of that, which is a little bit longer. So the the, the tour we just talked about, it's a couple hours, but the, the VIP is like four hours. So what's right. the difference? Right. So the downtown highlights is two hours. Uh, VIP is four. Um, it's a private tour uh, that uh, usually I just have like a couple, uh, two people uh, on it, but I we can do more. Uh, and uh, it is two hours of touring. Uh, we do an hour for lunch and then another hour of touring and the cost of the lunch is built into the tour. Um, so uh, it's, it's all of that, but we go into a lot more detail. We see a lot of additional stuff. We do some more inside stops on that tour. Um, and uh, yeah, um, it, it's fun. I, I just did one of those a couple of weeks ago and I have one coming up here shortly. Um, uh, and it's not on the website. Like you can just go and book it. It's more, you contact me, Hey, are you free this day? Yeah. Kind of work it out type thing. Um, mm -hmm. 
yeah, so it just kind of depends on the availability and stuff. But uh, yeah, it, 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 it is a pretty fun experience, um, especially if you want to, if you really like history, you really want to go deep um, and uh, kind of want that private experience. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, does it vary each time where you go to lunch or is it normally? No. Um, so if you're familiar with Betts uh, down on East 9th and Euclid Avenue, it's in the Schofield building. Um, okay. That's, that's the restaurant I use um for kind of my lunch partner there because they have vegetarian vegan gluten-free dairy-free full-on meat they they have everything so they kind of cater and you know what scott you you almost have to do that now yeah because i'm going to tell you like everybody you talk to has a different diet plan going on and there's no way to keep up with them so that's the best thing you could have ever done it's like finding a place that caters to everybody yeah Oh, yeah. it's, it's really tough. I mean, my girlfriend's gluten free and I'm like sitting there like trying to comb through places all the time, you yes. know, like, oh, my God. I got, and I'm just looking for a little GF next to something on the menu. You know? Yes. Yeah. So so yeah. I, I get it. man. I get it. Um, yeah. Cool. So now there's another tour that you do. Now, that one's called Cleveland from the inside. And I know I had asked you earlier, like, hey, do you go into any of these buildings? But Cleveland from the inside. You, that's the whole point of the tour. Right, exactly. Um, uh, we do that actually on Mondays. I did that this afternoon. Uh, and yeah, the whole tour is inside. So we go inside the Federal Reserve. Uh, we go inside the uh, bank uh, lobby there of the Society for Savings Building. Uh, we go inside the Old Stone Church. We go into the uh, re- lobby of the Renaissance currently. Uh, and then we'll go uh, into the Cleveland Public Library, the older building. We go inside the arcade and we go inside the Cleveland Trust. Um, that one's usually just over two hours. Kind of depends on the size of our group because when we go inside the Federal Reserve, we have to go through security and we have to show our IDs. Um, and the larger the group, um, the longer it takes to get through. So actually limit that one to just uh, a maximum of 10 people. Um, and I do it on Monday afternoons. And I know some people are kind of like, oh, I can't do it Monday afternoon. And I totally get it. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of the buildings are closed on the weekends. They're closed in the evening. So we just don't have access to get in. So it's more about when we can get in the building. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're so, working on their schedule. Exactly. Really, yeah. Exactly. When you're coordinating with, you know, seven different buildings, it's, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little, a little more challenging, but, um, yeah, I love that tour. I'd actually started that, uh, before COVID and then that one I had stopped and I just was able to bring that back, um, about two months ago and, uh, where I could finally get things back all online with everybody and everybody being cool with me, bringing people in and stuff like that. Um, well, and those buildings are like such gems, like yes. the architecture. I don't know who's in love with architecture, but like one of the things that scares me the most is, and especially because I did construction for 11 years in Cleveland, they don't really build buildings like this anymore. I mean, I don't know if they ever will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, you just don't see it. The detail. And it's, it's pure art. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we see that um, uh, the, I mentioned the society for savings. So that's the building right there connected to key tower. Um, And so the lobby in there of that bank, I always say that's a hidden gem because many Clevelanders walk by that building every day. They don't think anything of it because today it's a key bank. Um, And well, if you don't bank with key, well, why would you bother to walk in the bank branch? Um, Yeah. 
but it is stunning inside. It's so beautiful. Uh, and I'm always encouraging people, uh, you know, like, hey, go but go back in that building if you have a chance and just walk through the lobby. Uh, it's well, it's even like that Heinz. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like, it's just, oh, no, it's just a grocery store. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. Right. right. Go in there and tell me you think it's a grocery store. Yeah. People hold their events there. Dave, you've played events at the Heinz. I've, I've played events there. And it's like when you're standing at the bottom of that, of, of like the bowl, just looking up around at all the floors that kind of circle the thing, it's just, it's an incredible view. I mean, you don't see that in barely any building you go mm -hmm. to. Yeah, it is. No. Yeah. No, I, and I'm glad like more creative types have been getting a hold of some of these older buildings that I don't know what would have happened with them. Like, when I think about places like the vault, you know, and, and stuff like that, where you're repurposing like these, these old buildings that were so cool and, and actually giving more people an opportunity to see them than probably they would have. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Wow. yeah. The vault is a great space. Uh, I would, when we go inside uh, Cleveland trust, I've, I always talk about that and encourage people, Hey, if you know, if you're around when they're open, you know, go down there. It's pretty spectacular. So yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So the Cleveland from the inside, just so we get this straight before we move on to anything, that's only on Mondays. Correct. Um, I can do a private version of that tour. Um, that that just takes a lot of working out um, with the buildings. But yes, Mondays at one o'clock. Um, OK, except for federal holidays, because almost all the buildings are closed. then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, OK, that makes sense. And um, now this is one. That is going to start in a couple days, but by the time this airs, it will have already started. Um, and that's the downtown public art tour. And I'm very interested in hearing about this because we try to focus on a lot of artists here in Cleveland. So uh, how long is this tour? What do we expect to see? Like, what are we going to see on a, uh, like, what's, is there really art in downtown Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, it's a two hour tour. Um, it is really kind of concentrated in the civic center area of uh, downtown. And yeah, so we focus in on the art, but we also focus in on the history. So we'll look at various pieces of art. Um, if it's a statue of somebody, we'll talk about, well, why do we have a statue of them? Who are they? Um, yeah. Why do we have that in Cleveland? Uh, and we'll talk about the artists as well, especially if they have Cleveland connections, because many of them do. Um, but we see a lot of older art, uh, and the older art tends to be our statues. So, you know, late 1800s, early part of the 1900s. Um, and quite frankly, uh, they tend to be statues of white men, um, and they're done by white men. Um, yeah. Then we also see a mixture of art, newer art, say like 1960s forward, where we start to see murals, we see a lot of sculptures, we see some contemporary art, um, and we start to see more diversity in that in who did the art, more females, more people of color. And then we also see diversity in the subject matter as well of people in color and females as well. So um, uh, it, it's pretty cool. We see everything from the statue of Jesse Owens, uh, the statue of uh, Commodore Perry, uh, Mayor Tom Johnson right there uh, in Public Square. We go inside the Cuyahoga County Courthouse, which you do have to go through a metal detector to get in there, but we go in there uh, and there's some really incredible 
beautiful murals and a beautiful stained glass window. Um, and that stained glass window has actually been in Air Force One uh, with Harrison Ford and Glenn Close. Uh, and oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's also been in uh, the first Avengers movie. Um, Loki's coming down the stairs there and it's right behind him. Um, and we see uh, modern pieces. We do see the free stamp. We talk all about the free stamp, uh, the history of that. Uh, Klaus oh, Oldenburg. Yeah. Um, uh, Klaus Oldenburg. Yeah, he, he's the artist. Um, he is pretty amazing. Like he takes like these small uh, objects uh, and he'll make huge pieces of art out of them. Um, uh, and there's things like, uh, if you've ever been to the Justice Center, uh, Isama Noguchi has a piece called The Portal. It's this big black steel pipe that's all kind of twisted up. Um, and a lot of people, I'll admit, when I first saw it, I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I don't get that. Um, and just kind of walked by. But the more I've done this tour, the more I really appreciate that piece. Because from every angle that you look at it, it looks totally different. Um, it's called the portal. And from one view, it actually looks like a portal, like a window that you could actually walk through. From another view, it's all twisted like a giant ampersand. Um, so from every angle, it looks different, but it's just the same piece of art. It, it, it's a pretty cool piece. That, it, you know what, it is interesting that the more time you spent with it, the more appreciation you've gotten yeah. for it. And the more that you've seen it from you know, I feel like there's so many things that are like that in life, just in, rep you know, being represented, like, e even if they're uh, not tangible, sometimes once you take the time to look at something from maybe a little bit of a different perspective or an angle, you grow such a new appreciation for it. And that's just such a interesting analogy just through a, a piece of art. But the fact that he was smart enough to do that th th those types of art pieces always blow my mind where sure. like somebody's creating something from like seven different angles like i can't even do something from one angle <laughs> right on right. paper right oh you know so that's really cool um i appreciate you sharing that stuff with us that was that was really interesting um so now if it starts on may 3rd when, when would a tour like that end? What time of year are you not running that tour? So that one is kind of a May to September tour. Um, so I really do that really in the summertime. Um, and it's on Wednesdays at two o'clock. Um, okay. I, can, I can do that one as a private tour as well. On other times, I actually have a couple of those lined up. Um, but uh, yeah, Wednesdays at two. Uh, and that one is a seasonal one. Whereas the other two that uh, we've already talked about, those go year round. Okay. Yeah. No. And obviously doesn't matter what the weather is. Doesn't matter. Uh, any of that stuff you're going, you know, once yes. it's scheduled, you're going. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say the art tour, um, uh, that one is not the best one, uh, for the rain. Um, so, um, we, we, we'll make a call, um, you know, uh, if, uh, if need be. Um, but, uh, yeah, for the most part, yep. We chug forward. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, I have to go here because uh, those who know me well know that, you know, I have this little side to me that I'm not always proud of, but I'm the type of person I'm going to read the true crime book. Okay. I'm going to watch the true crime documentary. 
I'm going to pretend like I don't, but then when I find somebody else who's into it, we're going to talk for hours. Um, so, the, you know, you had briefly mentioned before, Scott, that during COVID, you came up with this idea of this Tales of Terror tour, and it starts in October. What are we covering? What is so scary about Cleveland? Is there really anything that scary about Cleveland? <laughs> So, well, it depends on the <laughs> A lot of people come up with a lot of good stuff. You ask it, yeah. Um, so, it's interesting because, first of all, it's not a ghost story tour. Yeah. Um, it is seven stories that involve the death of 312 Clevelanders. So, all actual things that happened here in the city that claimed all of their lives. Um, a lot of fires and explosions, um, but there is also a construction accident, there is a serial killer, uh, and there's a streetcar that plummets into the Cuyahoga River. Uh, and yeah, so 312 people uh, die uh, every night that I do that tour. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, see, even mentioning some of that stuff, I'm going to have to go on this tour to learn about them. That's a great, that's a great teaser because... I don't know if I know these stories. I was trying to pick up on them from just like the little, the teasers that you were given, like, Oh, which one would this be? But I don't think I know. Them. So I'm going to definitely have to go on the tour to, to figure it out. Where, where did you, uh, did you kind of, uh, flip over some old Cleveland rocks to find this information or? So honestly, um, there's a really good book out there by an author named Bellamy. Um, uh, the book is Cleveland Tragedies and Disasters, I believe. Uh -huh. um, I, we actually have a reading list on uh, the company's website and it, it's on there. Um, and I kind of got the basis of the, of the idea of the tour off of that book. Um, because, you know, those are all stories that ultimately I got out of that book. Uh, there's tons of other stories in there, but these were all ones that were happened in, in city limits uh, in the city of Cleveland. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, they're just, they're, they're, some of them are very, tra well, they're all tragic because people die. Um, yes. Uh, but um, they're, they're all pretty interesting. I mean, um, we've had some pretty bad things happen in this city. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I'll say the biggest one um, is the um, East Ohio Gas Company fire uh, when the plant exploded in 1944. Uh, it wiped out one square mile of our city uh, and 130 people died that day. Um, so it was that that that's the um, uh, that's the biggest one as far as. And you want to know something, Scott? Yeah. I've never heard that story. Oh, really? Yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, so uh, East 55th uh, and St. Clair, kind of that area is where it, uh, the plant was and it exploded. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it was just, it was literally hell on earth uh, when the plant exploded. Um, yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, that's oh, I can imagine. Of, yeah, that's kind of the one that we usually end the tour on because it's the most dramatic um, and I can really get into telling that tale. Um, it's interesting because that one takes a lot of work for me because the other ones I'm talking about a building, I'm talking about something and, you know, I can, I can, you know, make a good story to tell the facts about the building. And, you know, if I get something out of order, I miss the architect, I can come back in and, you know, fill that in. Yeah. 
the stories are a little different, you know, because they need to go, you know, in chronological order. It needs to make sense to people. So that one takes me a lot of rehearsal time because uh, I only do it once a year. So it takes me a lot of prep to get back into the groove of telling the story. And um, I mean, you can see I talk with my hands a lot. And so I'm very animated. And uh, I'm the I, same way. I'm the same way, Scott. We got that in common. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love that tour. It's a lot of fun. It is by far the most popular tour that we offer. Um, it is usually the last half of October. And uh, I will. it's at night, of course. Um, so we do a six o'clock. And then Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, we usually do a four o'clock. So that one is still in the daylight in case people don't want to come out uh, at night. Um, I don't know, the nighttime just adds kind of to it. Oh, yeah. I would like to do it at night too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, I would like, I would love to do this tour. You know, yeah. I I've done tours similar. Like I went on a, um, the, uh, this one was on a bus because it, the stuff showed up everywhere, but the torso murderer tour. Yes. Yeah. Where each of the bodies ended up and, and all that stuff. I've read books on that, you know, and we even spoke with an author who kind of, wrote a fictional book uh, based during that time and when the torso murders were going on and we, we really started talking about it, but like what, what, I mean, that stuff is just so crazy to me. Like some of the stuff that's happened in Cleveland is just, yeah. Yeah. It's we, mind blowing. We, um, uh, that the torso murder is the serial killer that I mentioned. Um, we talk about that story. Uh, okay. On the tour as well. Um, because I will say we're downtown for, for that tour, um, but not every uh, story actually happened downtown. Um, let's see, two of them did for sure. Um, but um, I tie them into some building that we're near. Um, so it kind of makes sense that we're telling the story there, um, but not all the events actually happened there. Actually, three of them happened down there. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, because this is another walking tour. You're not on, yeah. on, yeah, you're not on a bus going to different locations. Yeah. You're going to be walking around. This is what the stuff that's happened right, yeah. right by there. And that one's an hour and a half. Um, so it's a little bit shorter. Now, when you say you only do that once a year, you mean only one time? Uh, oh, no, sorry. Um, during just, the year? Yeah, the, uh, that was last couple of weeks of October. That's the only time I offer it. Um, okay. But when we run it, we run it pretty much every single day, uh, except for Mondays. Um, I kind of made the mistake of one time doing it and not giving myself a day off. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's not a good idea. <laughs> so I don't do them on Mondays. So I, I have a day off. But, well, and I was also curious, too, because it sounds like you do most of the tours yourself. Like, does that then affect the scheduling for the downtown highlights tour? Like, do you just kind of take a break from those because those are during the day and then you're trying to do the other ones at night or are you doing both? Um, so um, during Tales of Terror, I'll offer uh, downtown highlights like maybe one time a week. Um, OK, that's really about it. Um, just so it's kind of it's still out there for people who are visiting maybe and don't necessarily want to do the Tales of Terror. Um, but yeah, I, I slow that one down a lot because, yeah, the business is actually just me. Uh, it's still just me. And, uh, and I'm cool with that for now. Um, yeah. But yeah. 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 It, it's hard to start trusting employees to do a good job and like go around. No offense, other Clevelanders, but Scott's got it covered. He's doing a good job. He knows the material. Uh, Something like that over again, man. You have to have somebody that's got like the passion to keep that up. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Which actually makes me want to ask you. So, like, what's the what's the one thing of all the stuff you see? Because you know some of it, you're probably like, as you're telling the story, you're not even looking at it because you've seen it a thousand times. But it's like, what's the one thing that no matter how many times you see it, you just kind of stop and you're like, wow. Um, I'd probably say the arcade. Um, you know, going in that building every time. Uh, and I've even said that actually to guests, you know, I mean, I come in here like, you know, sometimes six, seven times a week. Um, and I still never get tired of the building. It's just, it's spectacular. Oh yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. I love that. And you know what? That's, I haven't been to the arcade probably in a couple of years. So. Yeah. It, it, it's a, Every time you walk in there, he's right. It's just like, man, that's like, I'm glad somebody built it. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. and, and kept it too and didn't tear it down, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, that's the important part. Yeah. Now, I know we've been talking about the doom and gloom here on uh, about October, but shortly after Halloween ends, all the stores, you know, actually, even before Halloween ends now, <laughs> let's face it, you've got. Yeah uh santa this and santa that and reindeer here and reindeer there and people got their christmas lights out and i think some radio stations are even playing christmas songs before halloween now but that that you kind of like move right on and, and you start doing uh christmas tours so what time of year does that start for you is it only in december or you start them a little bit before um, I usually started in, in December. Um, so, uh, you know, Winterfest or this year we called it Winterland. Um, I made the mistake one time <laughs> of doing it the same day as Winterfest kicks off. Um, and I'll never make <laughs> because it was a madhouse everywhere we went was just insane the amount of people and it just was not a good experience um so i always started after winterfest um so yeah usually the month of december uh and we kind of run that the whole time we'll still have downtown highlights sprinkled in like one day a week but um uh yeah it's uh it, it, it's it's christmas but it's also history as well because it really focuses in on the history of the department stores here in downtown cleveland yes because a lot of our Christmas traditions come out of those stores. So we talk about the Twigby shop at Higby's. We talk about Mr. Jingling at Hallie's, the uh, Christmas tree at Sterling Linder. Um, and then we throw in other things too, Christmas history, uh, kind of some unique things to, to Cleveland um, Christmas wise, but it's really um, a big history of the department stores. Um, because, you know, Cleveland actually had, in you know, the first half of the 1900s, one of the largest retail districts in the United States. There were six major department stores in downtown Cleveland, uh, Public Square to Playhouse Square. Uh, and I always tell people on the tour, because I, I mentioned that on uh, our downtown highlights tour as well. And I'm like, you know, we're not talking about the stores you see at the mall today. Um, you know, these were massive stores. Uh, the May Company building down there, that was a million square feet of retail. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it's pretty cool. It's a fun tour. Uh, we do that in the evenings as well. Um, uh, usually six o'clock and we'll have four o'clock on the weekends. Um, the six o'clock is definitely better because everything it's dark and everything's lit up. Uh, the four mm -hmm. o'clock things are coming on or lighting up as we're walking about. Um, but, uh, yeah, everything's all decorated, public squares decorated. And, uh, it's, it's really, it, it, that's a fun tour as well. And that one is just an hour and a half too. Yeah, and you know that's interesting. Uh, 
just learn just to learn about all those old department stores and stuff like that. That I mean, you know what's kind of scary is <laughs> like that stuff's almost ancient history now. It's yeah. like you know, like people don't people don't even think about department stores or what it was or what it is. I mean, I, I don't know if my kids been to department stores now that I think about it. Like sure. You know, like really like have we ever shopped there with them? I, I mean I don't know if they know what that experience is like. We got stuff like Crocker Park and right. Legacy Village and places like that, you know, how these outdoor shopping areas, but like a store that you walked into, like I mean, Dave and I, you know, and Scott, I'm not gonna try to guess your age. I'm not going there. But like we all used to go to malls, you know? Yeah. I mean that was yeah. that's where it was at. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know that some of the bigger department stores were in there, but like downtown, that experience—I don't remember anything like that, really. Well, we're a hybrid generation, though, because I do—I do remember some department stores like that were still there. Was a there was an old one in uh, out in Ashtabula called Carlisle that <laughs> had the Carlisle building, and it was five floors, just like the old department stores, like one full floor of furniture, one full floor right. of men clothes one full floor of women's stuff uh you know what i mean and just like a big escalator in between and whatever almost like kind of like a smaller version of a mall just in one one up you know five floors or whatever but yeah. like i don't know it, it's neat to have gotten to experience some of that even as as it was on its way out and we sort of ushered in the mall uh era you got to see some of it as it went out you know yeah yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's fascinating. I, I talk about um, kind of use the example of Amazon, you know, um, we think of Amazon as the one stop shop. Well, that's exactly what these department stores were. There's really literally nothing new about Amazon other than the fact that we do everything on the computer there. And it shows up at your doorstep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, you know, that's what you did at the department store. You got a paper catalog in the mail. You went through the catalog. You picked your item. You picked up your landline phone. You called the store. You ordered your item. You, uh, they would maybe send you a paper bill in the mail. You would write a check. You'd send it back in. And lo and behold, a delivery truck from Hallie's or Higby's would shut right. your door and bring you your product. You know, it's nothing new. It's just the way that we do it that is actually different but um, that's it yeah so what so. you're really trying to tell me scott is that we've all been able to have a glass of wine or like six beers go through a catalog order <laughs> way way more stuff than we should have been ordering we get, <laughs> we get a mysterious bill in the mail <laughs> you yep. just pay it and then yep. stuff shows up at your doorstep. Exactly. You could have done that in the 1900s and you can do that now. So, hey. <laughs> I could have had the equivalent of an internet shopping addiction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting too, when you talk about those catalogs, I actually see people sell those catalogs now, like even on eBay and stuff. Huh. Uh, because it's almost like pure you know, uh, nostalgia, yeah, you just open this up and like people like, uh, I think Sears used to do something called like the Sears wish list catalog or something. Uh, okay. And it was just all toys and parents would normally give them to the kids before, you know, like, Hey, 
we're going on a long trip and they throw it in the back seat and that's what you'd read. So you'd shut up, you know, while you'd be driving and then you'd go and you'd circle what you wanted. But now people like, you know, are trying to buy these on e- or eBay and stuff because it's just like pure nostalgia fuel. You're like, Oh my God, look at all these toys from when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah pretty cool. That's awesome. I remember going through, you know, the Sears and JCPenney's catalog and seeing the Star Wars toys in there and everything. Being like, oh, I want that. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I was, too. That's how I was, too. Uh, And uh, I'd probably get a few of those items and that would be about it. But I I was very (laughs) thankful for them. I'll, I'll say that. Now, we pretty much covered all the tours here, Scott, but I do have a. Uh, a couple questions for you. Sure. So I want to, you know, I want to see what, what, what your opinion is on some of this. Okay. Um, what is your personal favorite tour that you like to do? Do you have one or are they all your, your separate children and, and you're in love with all of them in different, and they're special to you in different ways? Um, I, you know, yes, they're all special. Um, but I do, (laughs) I like the Cleveland from the inside tour. Um, that is really my favorite. Um, and I was really glad we were able to bring that back this year. Um, it's just, it's, it's different. It's, I think it's a little more unique. Uh, and we get to see a lot of things that, you know, I tell people to go see like, Oh, you should go check that out. You should go do this, but we actually get to go do it on the tour. And, uh, and it's a lot of fun. We see just a lot of incredible stuff. Um, I love going inside the old stone church. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful church um, seeing all the stained glass windows and there's so much history in all of these uh, buildings. So I I'd say if I had to pick a favorite, I'd pick that one. Okay. I think that's really fair. You know, it's interesting. You bring up the church thing. Cause I always say, if I go to Europe, which I've never been to Europe, I'd want to go see all those churches. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. They're I mean, it's, it's amazing. just mind-blowing, those buildings. And I don't know how old they are, but I'd try to find out. But, I mean, just the people who built those and how they were designed and then the paintings that are on them and just the art. It's just, it's hard to wrap your head around. Oh, yeah. Totally. You know? Yeah. I did um, a series this uh, kind of January through actually, I guess the first part of the year here um, on the company social media uh, about historic churches in, in Cleveland. Um, and it featured about, I think, five or six of them. And I'd gone, I got tours, I took a lot of pictures, I did blog posts about them. Um, but I saw some pretty cool stuff. Um, there's some so many amazing uh, churches here. And, you know, I did like six and there's hundreds here um so uh yeah it, it's pretty cool yeah no it is cool you know there cleveland has a ton of churches i i think somebody made the joke to me one time about lakewood they're like anytime you're in lakewood there's a church on one corner and there's a bar across the street but <laughs> it doesn't matter which which intersection you're at church bar across the street church bar across the street and, and you know they're kind of right but yeah um, yeah <laughs> I haven't been to all those churches. I just, it's just funny that, that there are a lot of churches here in Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so also, okay. I did. I definitely wanted to ask, we've asked a lot about the buildings and the tours, but what about a particular person? Is there any person from Cleveland history that you find extremely interesting for any particular reason? And, and why do you find them interesting? Sure. 
So I'll say there are two, but I'll only talk about one of them. Um, one of them is Rockefeller. I mean, he's absolutely amazing. Uh, I read an auto or a, a biography rather uh, on him and a uh, very interesting man. Um, kind of good, bad and ugly, a little bit of everything. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, the guy that I find most interesting, and this is kind of weird because I'm not a huge sports fan, but um, do you know who Ray Chapman is? Dave probably does, but I don't. Okay. Yeah. Dave, Dave, do you know Ray Chapman? I, I, I feel like I've heard the name, but I can't place what, why. <laughs> sure. Okay. So he's buried over at Lakeview Cemetery. Uh, he played for the Cleveland Indians. Um, and he's the only guy in Major League Baseball history to die from the injuries that he received on the yep. I do remember that. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So there's a really good uh, documentary that we, uh, some friends of mine and I saw, not this Cleveland International Film Festival, but from the one uh, before called War on the Diamond. Uh, and it's all about the rivalry between the Cleveland Indians and the New York Yankees. And it really spans the entire time because there's, there's a lot of stuff there. But kind of the centerpiece of that documentary was the story of Ray Chapman. Um, and apparently, I mean, first of all, he was like a beloved player on the Indians. And here in Cleveland, everybody loved him. And his wife was a big socialite here in Cleveland as well. So they were kind of like the power couple of the day. And everybody in the city knew who they were. And the team had gone to New York, they were playing, he got hit in the head with the pitch. Um, they call his wife, she comes uh, there to New York, he passes away, he dies. Um, and then it's just the cities and mourning. I mean, it was it was just such a big deal. That, um, is, that is a huge deal. I can't even imagine if that would happen today. It'd be yeah, huge. Yeah. I mean, blow it. And the pitcher, the Yankees pitcher, actually is said to have never apologized for his death. Um, he never. He's just. It wasn't his fault in his mind. Um, well, that's really cold-hearted. Yeah. Yeah. And That's extremely cold hearted. Yeah. Apparently he wasn't very well liked, I think, on the Yankees team either. A lot of the his own Sur players didn't really surprise, play. surprise. Yeah. Yes, um, the party. Yeah. yeah. But when the Yankees came the next time they played the Indians and they came to Cleveland, they couldn't bring him because they feared for his life because he's the one who killed Ray Chapman. Uh, and they were afraid people were gonna kill him. Um but the whole story is just fascinating um, and then also actually very tragic because I think it's seven years after he died, his wife accidentally drank some poison and died. Oh, man. Yeah. And she was pregnant when he died. Ugh. She had the baby and about six months after she died, the baby died of measles. So the whole family dies and it's, it's what a, yeah, a total tragic story. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's, he's buried over at Lakeview. Um, let's see, he died 1920. Um, and people still to this day leave baseballs on his grave. It's, it, it's pretty cool. You know, that is such an interesting story and I'm going to have to, I, I did not know that story since the last time I've been to uh, Lakeview, but, we always have a bunch of stories that come out of there, you know, and you mentioned Rockefeller. He's buried there. Yep. Yep. Uh, huge. Uh, they, they made his monument out of the largest piece of granite that they could find. I didn't know that until I got out there one time. 
All uh, about the size of your obelisk. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Who has the biggest one? Yeah, even, who's got the biggest? Uh, you know, uh, even in death, they're yeah. still uh, concerned about that. So yeah, I, I, I that does not surprise me. <laughs> um, and then you know Garfield's there too, which is also mm-hmm. another tragic story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, which is really interesting. He wasn't the first president to be assassinated, but he was one of them. Yeah. And uh, just there's so many interesting stories that come out of there. You know, Elliot Ness is there, yeah, yeah. which we talked about the uh, torso murders. Right. And, and that was over his watch as public safety director here in Cleveland. So there's a lot of history at that place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, always recommend uh, to guests that are visiting. I'm like, you got to go to the cemetery. It's, it's amazing. There's so much stuff to see there. Yeah. That's making me uh, want to go there again. Because it's been a few years now since I've been there. And the Ray Chapman thing, man, maybe, maybe I'm going to get a baseball and leave it there. That's You're making me want to watch like a little, you know, like YouTube show about him or something. Yeah, and then yeah. try to find that documentary you were talking about and check it out. Because yeah, that's definitely. really interesting. It's really good, too. Um, it's a very well done War on the Diamond uh, is the name of it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... We've talked a lot about Cleveland stuff, and I got one more Cleveland question for you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what particular fact about Cleveland that you tell do you see shocks people sometimes that, that you get a reaction out of? Sure. So when I talk about Millionaire's Row, um, I think just that whole concept uh, blows people away. Um, In 1875, it was said that Cleveland was home to the largest concentration of millionaires on the entire planet at that time. Which millionaires are basically billionaires. uh, In today's uh, today's money. Yeah, exactly. Um, And we talk about a house um, that belonged to a man named Samuel Andrews. uh, And his house was 40,000 square feet. It cost $1 million to build then. Um, today, that's around $29 million. Uh, and most of the homes, they had a full-time staff of, say, between 8 and 12 people to run the house. His house had a full-time staff of nearly 100 people. My God. Um, and he built the home. He and his wife were English. And they built the home. Their whole goal out of building the house was that Queen Victoria was going to come from England and she was going to stay in their house. Uh, that happened? No. Um, the uh, house was ultimately known as Andrew's Folly because one, yeah, she never came. And two, they spend that million dollars. They live in it for just around two years. It was too big. Uh, it was just totally unmanageable. And, and as I always talk about this on my tours, unfortunately for us, in the early 1920s, the home was demolished. Um, as most of the mansions were, there's only four that still exist today out of literally the hundreds that were part of it. Um, so yeah, I would, that is so that, that, okay. You got me, you got me on that one. They were torn down because they were just so unbelievably big that they just, you couldn't sustain life in them basically. (laughs) That was, that was part, sort of part of some of the reason. Um, a lot of it came down to money um, because 
between the early 1900s and the 1920s, the property taxes went through the roof. So it got very expensive to maintain this home. Uh, and if it was only just a temporary home or something like that, a lot of times they did tear it down. Um, people will always talk about, you know, that they had left it in their will that once they died, the house had to be torn down. That was the case for just a small minority of the houses. That wasn't the general case. It really had a lot to do with the money. And then also, as we go into, say, like the 30s and the 40s, um, there wasn't this idea of saving the home, you know, saving these old buildings. That wasn't what was in vogue for the time. Um, it was like, oh, that's ugly. That's gaudy. Tear it down um, and get rid of it. And that's what they did for the most part. So, yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because you almost have um, different groups of people now where it's like, if something's just seems to be old, people want to save it. Right. Um, whether it has historical value or not, um, which I don't know if I'm always on board with that, you know, some stuff's just old and it, and it's uh, not in very great condition and it probably needs to be torn. Then you have another group who wants to tear everything down doesn't matter if it has historic value or not. I, I, I kind of want to be like, we should save some of these historic places. You know, if they right. have value to a community or there's a story, great story behind them, they're not going to kill people if they walk in them. But um, no, it, it would. Yeah, it's it, it's funny that you say that. Like, And I guess it maybe makes sense because like everything was so new to the United States at that time. So they didn't even know what had historic value and what didn't really. They were just like, yeah, build something new. Right. Yeah. Right. right. <clears throat> oh, man. I can't imagine what those places look like, though. How oh, many I feet? Know. You said 40,000 square feet? Yeah. Yeah. 40,000. And <laughs> what are you using to heat that place? Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah. That's it. it probably needed its own, like, coal. Uh, <laughs> they had to deliver coal in, like, trucks and just dump it there and then it had shoots and it would just. Shoot it all over the house. <laughs> I don't even know. Now, Scott, um, before we get going, I'd love to, for you to be able to tell people, where can they find you? Like, do you have a website? Do you have social media places? Uh, how do we book a tour? Like, what do we do? Sure. So our website is toursofcleveland.com. Pretty straightforward. Uh, you can go there. All our tours are listed on the homepage. You find the one you want. You click the book now button. It takes you to the schedule. You can see the calendar and you can book. Um, we are on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram uh, at Tours of Cleveland. Uh, and we're on Twitter. It's uh, at Tours of CLE. Uh, and we're on LinkedIn as well. Um, also at Tours of Cleveland. But um, uh, yeah, we're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So you're everywhere. You're, you, they they got to be able to find you. You, you know, you, you're, you're everywhere you need to be. Um, before yeah. we close, Dave, tell me something you learned today. Well, uh, first, I just want to say uh, the irony is not lost on me that the, the most knowledgeable person of Cleveland I've ever talked to and the person who does the Cleveland tours isn't originally from Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say that can't be understated. Uh, the other thing that I learned today is that there is an amount of money that's too much money for any one person to have because you'll want building a gigantic house that can't sustain life and it has to be torn down. So 
at a certain <laughs> amount to say, hey, you've won life and give the rest of your money to people who need it. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, you know, th- so I think if I took, oh, man, did we, man, we went over so many good things today. Um, I learned so many different things. The Soldiers and Sailors Monument, though, that that was uh, the same gentleman. I can't remember his name. Uh, Levi Schofield. Levi. Levi Schofield. Uh, he, he probably designed Mansfield Penitentiary, right? Or yeah. He, yeah, he was okay. the architect. He's the architect. Yeah. That freaking blew me away. Yeah, that's And crazy. actually, to be honest with you, Scott, one of my favorite movies is Shawshank Redemption. I, I absolutely love that movie. So yeah. that shot there. You know, and then we're finding out about, like, the Avengers movie is shot. Uh, what building was that? That was the uh, courthouse with the right. stain left? Yeah, actually. Those, window? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And uh, and then uh, what was the Harrison Ford movie? Patriot Air, Games? Air Force One. Air Force One. Yeah. I always get those two confused. Yeah. They're based on Tom Clancy books, and I was like, it was getting mixed up. I like Air Force You yeah. like Air Force One, Dave? Yes, good movie. It is a good movie. And here's the funny thing. So in the beginning of the movie, when they're going to take that, the, the whatever that bad guy that they capture at the beginning of the movie, the guys in the helicopter, they actually land on top of Severance Hall. They're over in the <laughs> university area. They land on Severance Hall. They go inside that building and magically they're in the Cuyahoga County Courthouse and they're coming down the stairs with that stained glass window. They capture the guy, they go back up on the roof of Severance Hall, and they fly away. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Movie that's actually magic. really interesting. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah love that's it. really cool. Uh, information. And it's good, and it kind of makes me want to, like, go back and watch that movie again now just for that. Yeah, you know that all happened. The Cleveland scenes are just in like the first five minutes of the movie, so you just watch it, and then you know, hey, if you don't want to watch the rest of the movie, it's okay. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Scott, hey, we've loved having you on Cleveland Schwill. I really appreciate it. Um, We, you know, as as time passes, I think we'd love to have you on again. Maybe we can talk about. uh, a particular tour and, and some information that, uh, you know, dive a little deeper in there and, and, and see how things are going with you. Uh, but with that being said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, when you get time, please get online, uh, leave us a little review about what you think we're doing here in Cleveland uh, about the show. We'd love to get those five stars from you. And uh, in the meantime, though, until we meet again, have a drink for us. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later.